Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Aaron King with Coach Bob King. Happy New Year, it's 2022. And today we're gonna kick it off and we're gonna talk about program design. Uh, we It's a big theme in a lot of the stuff we've done and we've talked about some in the past, but we thought it would be a good idea to start the year and say, uh, you know, gonna go to the gym, gonna get faster, gonna get stronger, wanna do a drill. But really, Coach King, what does what is program design? What do we mean? Well, program design is the heartbeat of training, and it's basically a big word for plan. you got to have a plan. And so if you walk into a weight room or walk out onto the track and go, hmm, I think I'm going to start running until I drop, or I'm going to lift weights until I'm so sore that I'm bound to be stronger. So program design is our way of saying you got a plan. Okay, now how would you assign maybe goal setting, and we can get into other specifics of sports stuff, but are, are we starting with goal setting? Where are we starting? No, goal setting is a great place because that helps formulate the plan. And the, this is the way I do it, and it's not, you know, this doesn't mean there's another, not other options, but I, first of all, want to know how much time do we have? When, when's, is there an end point here? With athletes, there's always an end point. There's in-season, off-season, uh, pre-season, uh, post-season. So we have seasons that define our end point starting and ending. Now, with uh, with average or everyday people that want to train and do whatever they do, there are endpoints. I mean, a lot of times it's uh, uh, school, and then summer comes along and it's vacation, and holidays come along and interrupt. So there are start and stop points, but basically you need a plan for that. So what that means is, first of all, how much time do I have before an interruption or an endpoint? So once I know how much time there is, for me, I'll take and go to the end and work back. And the reason for that is you'll find if you start, all right, day one, here we go. And you start building your program and use sound principles of, you know, say periodization or whatever you want to use. Then next thing you know, you might be seven weeks into the program and it's an eight week window. You're like, wait a minute. I didn't realize we're about to end over here next week. And so you don't know, you know, if you've reached the goals you wanted or if you need to keep going longer so go to the end and work back, and that way it'll allow you to say, okay, week three needs to be merged into week four or two or something like that because I thought I had this much time, and it's shorter. I thought I had this much time, and it's much longer. So that is probably the starting point for any program design. How much time do I have? You know, when you talk about that, it makes me think about time horizon. Like what's a realistic how far out can we realistically look? And you have goal setting and all that, and you put it together, but you have different levels. So if you're a kid and you have the goal of being a pro athlete, well, you can't really scope out that far in advance. You gotta see if you're gonna make the team, make state or make whatever in the short term. And then later on, if you are a pro, then you think about longevity in your career. And so it, what, can you break down maybe those two different elements when it comes down to long-term goal setting? <laughs> okay, yes, and that's that's an enormous breakdown because you nailed it on the head because um, if I start training in seventh grade to be a pro, great goal and great motivation, but it has to be planned, and that means this. If I have, I'm going to use an eight-week window here real quick, so if I have eight weeks of training and I can gain, and I'm going to, these are random numbers, so don't worry about what I'm you know, telling you that you can do. If I have eight weeks and I can increase my strength 30% in eight weeks, well, if I go great guns and I increase miraculously increase my, my strength 20%, 
in three or four weeks, then I've got a four week window. I got to, you know, find a way to get the extra 10% without hitting a wall. And that means pace, spread it out. So if I get all my gains on the front end, I may hit a wall before the end and end up with an overtraining syndrome. And that means I I lose or I decline or I get bored. Overtraining can be physical and mental. So the planning allows you to say, okay, First week, just introduction. So I won't go through the whole thing, but there, there's an introductory or a startup, whatever you want to call it, intro set uh, week. Then after for me, that's a one week. Then for then on, we are in two week rotations. Two week rotations allow me to ad- adjust and adapt my program to various windows. So um, it can be anything. So if I have a, a high school or something, and I've got a ten week deal, but I know. Right at the end of week six, spring break, everybody's gone. I've already planned for that because I worked back. Week six, I'm going to take and kind of ramp it up. And then week seven at spring break, we're on active recovery or we're off. And so that way I know what's coming by working at the end. And I can make sure that when we come back, we pick up our pace almost right where we left off. So these these little details matter. So if you just look at a calendar and count the weeks, Okay, good. Here we go. Now you got to account for interruptions. You got to account for um, anything that can come up, whether it's somebody that gets, you know, has an illness or sick. You've got to account for those in your program design. It seems like there's a lot of irregular, irregularity that you're factoring in at that the younger level, like you mentioned, spring yes. break and things like that. That's different than a pro athlete. Can you just clarify a little bit for folks? Because you know we'll speak about stuff and. You know, I like to think of stuff at the pro level and, and you you have all day, you have the resources and all that stuff, but then there's there's some caveats that come in with the youth development where there's all the there's the school, there's the, the homework and all the things. Can you kinda maybe clarify where the, the logic is with program design factoring in all those elements? <laughs> Everything is connected. We've said that many times before. And to go with that is stress is cumulative. Now, understand this. If you're a, if you're a world champion or a state champion or something, that too carries stress with it because you're obviously very excited. And stress doesn't always mean a pounding bad kind of thing. It means, in many cases, just a, an energy drain. I'm stressed out from just you know, um, shaking hands and and talking to people and being, uh, you know, a champion, or I'm stressed out because, man, we were terrible this year. I'm trying to rebuild and and it's just, uh, I'm worn out. So stress is cumulative on all spectrums, physical, mental, emotional, all of that. So what that means is we account for that by, all right, let's take the pro. We have a very long season. We have a very long grind. So what we want to do through off-season is just slow, introduce segments. And when I let's say segments, I'm talking about the strength, the plyometric explosive training, the speed training, and the conditioning. All go into a program design. And so how do they relate to each other? You can't do everything hard every day. So what we do, and what I have preferred to do is, let's say for – Beginning the first couple of weeks of strength training, just getting our feel back. Are we, uh, am I sore? Have I been off too long? And we start introducing the speed training, and it's going back to fundamentals, always fundamentals. And I don't mean back to it because we never leave, but coming off a, a rest or a break, it's back to it because we've been off. 
Once we start that, I use the speed training because we're running at high speeds to be our conditioning element so that I don't do too much too early. So as you can already see, I'm spreading everything out. I'm not saying, okay, lift today, jump tomorrow, lift, run, jump on the next day, condition, and then do it all over again the fifth day. We spread it out so that we can save toward the end and not use all our juice and our growth in the beginning. Okay, so that, that brings up a couple points. Uh, I want to talk about going hard every day. You know, I, I experienced this myself, uh, training really hard through college football, uh, trying to you know, make it with a team in the league, and then with the bobsled stuff, we did a lot of power training, hitting a 600-pound sled, all that stuff. When I say sled, I'm bobsled on the track. And, you know, I, my body definitely started breaking down. And then when I got back into onto a team, was long snapping and all that stuff, I basically removed all Olympic lifts, all power lifts, squatting, and I was doing leg press. Granted, you know, I'm in my prime, and it's a lot easier to maintain at that point. But going hard every day, I think of like a J.J. Watt you know, where he was just notorious for how hard he trained and how dominant he was. And I can't help but wonder if he could have pulled back a little bit, you know, from hitting it as hard as he did. And then maybe he could have got a few more years out of it. But then you think about like a James Harrison, who he still hits it hard. Uh, and it, you don't know when that's going to catch up to the individual. So that's what's something that I think is hard to plan for. Yes and no, because I, I love that whole scenario you just painted because I, I've just stressed about that myself over the years. And I can promise you, my teams that I was in charge of as a head coach or a strength conditioning coach, we ran less than anybody in, in our peer group at high school, pro or whatever. We ran less than anybody because I tried to establish how much do we need for what we're going to do. And that's, you know, compete. And so uh, there's, <laughs> there's, this, there's this phrase that I, I have a hard time getting past where an athlete, we're working out, and I go, okay, good work, that's it. And that I can do more. You can always do more, and that's, that's good. And so go get some rest, eat, come back tomorrow, and do more because uh, we, we got to recover. And so if you – I always tell people, like, uh, they, I want to run a marathon – well, that's great. It's, the marathon is not the problem. It's the training. It's just so much volume. So your point is really good about the pro athletes who have that notorious uh, work ethic. But every individual human being has a, a capacity, and that capacity is also brings a limit to it. So something's, something can break. And you don't want to break in training because you need your health in competition. So with all that said, a good strength and conditioning coach is going to look at all the elements and how they overlap. Let me give you an example. If you look at a week of off-season training, you can do what I call bouts. You can do about anywhere from 10 to 12 bouts on the legs in a week. And that would be lifting, running, jumping, conditioning. And by the time you add those up through the days of the week, you've got so many bouts on the legs, it gets to be more than just fatiguing. Upper body can be the same way because you're training, obviously, in the weight room. Uh, if you do medicine ball work and, and uh, certain skill work with uh, an opponent, you can do you know the same number of about 8 to 10 bouts on the upper body. Well, where's the rest in there? Recovery is a part of training. 
you train, recover, build back stronger, fitter, and you do it again at a, hopefully a incremental higher level. So the program has to be designed to come out slowly and come out to where you are uh, ramping up, let's say on a weekly basis, not so much on a daily basis. And we've done that at the pro level. I've done that at the um, high school level, and we have been successful at every level. So we have found that less is best. And like I said, I, I, I had comp- <laughs> I had complaints when I was with, in Major League Soccer, and it's like, Bob, we got to run more. And I go, Coach, no, we don't. And so the the thing is this, soccer players is an example at every level run so much they practice so much and they play so much me running them more is not going to help because uh the game is fixed it's this many minutes and aside from occasional overtime once you're ready to run that many minutes then you're ready my job is to keep that level and hopefully what i implemented in my all my programs is more of a speed training element everybody's in shape i want to be better shaped than anybody no you're not everybody's in shape. Now, can we make you faster? That's going to be the deciding factor because I ran into this also in in certain sports is this guy can run all day. Okay. But he can't catch anybody. That's the problem. And so, you know, uh, kudos to his conditioning. Uh, Let's get the speed going. That's the separating difference in levels and in success. Yeah, I think, okay, I want to clarify on that because I think the pushback there is that where like when you say run less than everyone, it, the pushback is, well, your program just doesn't push people hard. It's for people that don't want to push. And, and so there's two things I want to really clarify. One, when you say the speed training, there's like a body conditioning that's kind of separate from conditioning. So like the analogy would be just say body fat, how healthy you are, uh, flexibility, speed, all that. And you kind of play into conditioning because we, I, some of the best programs I was in with coach Price, Mike Price uh, in college, we were a top 25 football program, uh, Dennis Green, one of the winningest NFL coaches. There was no conditioning in practice, but you better believe that every single rep, every single play in practice was full speed and we were in great shape because you play into shape. <laughs> and so I think that's one thing people need to kind of understand. And then the second thing is a lot of programs I, I can remember in, in strength and conditioning would be like four days a week, like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes four, sometimes five, really just crushing it. Just so much volume. But then you're off Saturday and Sunday. You're off Wednesday. And so talk about those two things. One, playing into shape and then also going like six days a week instead of like four. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, again, you're giving me some great uh, triggers here because um, – you know, we always say this, you want to get in shape, you play in shape. And so in my off season, no matter sport or level, I would make sure that athletes understood, I am getting you in shape to get in shape. Because um, everybody knows opening kickoff, tip, whatever you want to call your sport is just another, it's another animal because first of all, you, you either practice or train with your buds all whatever off season all year well the guy or girl across from you in competition wants to kick your butt and so the speed of the game just goes up i always said look there are three speeds in professional sports there's preseason, and everybody knows they're just kind of sometimes going through the motions unless they're trying to make the team then on opening day kickoff for, for football the game speed is a phenomenal when it counts 
And on opening kickoff in the first playoff game, it's light speed. So the speed of the game changes throughout the year. So the reason I'm bringing that up is you don't train like that. The only thing we've ever been able to do to um, – there's two things we've been able to do to kind of try to touch that is our high-speed 110 program and the world-famous Strend. And that's the closest thing that I've been able to do in training to get you as close to game shape as possible. And we can't do that very often because back to the limitations. We have a capacity. Once we hit that capacity, you exceed it, something's going to break, and we don't want that. Yeah, we'll talk more about strand in another podcast, I think, to explain that. But it's basically just a marathon of a workout, mixes every element. And there's a psychological element there where you know it's coming, Uh you know, and so you're almost dreading it for the whole summer. And when strand hits, it's there. It's like it's like game day. It's like so there's a psychological element. But exactly. I think think the point there that's true is like I think anyone that like plays pickup basketball gets this. The cardio and calories that you're hitting on the basketball court, even if you're shooting hoops by yourself, exceeds what you do on a treadmill. Yes. Because there's just a whole other like psychological entertainment, competition, uh, all those things factor in and pushes your body more. And so playing into shape uh, is a big thing. But can you also break down how what kind of the methodology you have around how many days a week, especially in the summer, you know, Saturdays, yes. high speed, because most programs are really just a lot of programs just four days a week. The, the problem that we ran into was at some point NGBs, and that's national governing body or in local governing bodies like state associations and so forth, they started mandating or regulating how many days a week or how many hours a coach could be uh, with a player or the team or how many hours a team could practice. With those mandates and regulations, it it handicapped them. Now, I know when I was in college in the 70s and we didn't have that, it was four days a week, uh, hell-bent for leather in the off-season. I mean, we were just going 90 to nothing, man, light speed to nothing in off-season, four days a week. And the problem with that was, that's. let me show you how to count. So that's Monday through Thursday. So Thursday to Friday is one. Friday to Saturday is two. Saturday to Sunday is three. Sunday to that next Monday afternoon training time, that's four 24-hour, four days off. And so, yeah, you recovered, but you need to go again. So it's almost too long for some of us to wait before the next intense bout because uh, we need to recover and go, not recover and then decline. So the deal is because, um, you know, the work I did in my own facility and training, I wasn't regulated. So because as a player and a coach – I knew that we're going to go Monday through Saturday. Coaches, you know, we didn't give you Saturday off in football season. We were on the game Friday night, back on the training, you know, lightly, but recovering training on Saturday. But you still had to get up, be be awake, be there, and do the training because it was an active recovery, but it involved running and lifting. So the biggest part of the sixth day probably is the mental aspect aspect of it because it's like, oh, I got to get up and do it again. And so we only took Saturday to Sunday, Sunday to Monday off for 48 hours to be able to come back and start over to get a rhythm of training. So our off season was designed to get you in shape, to get in shape physically and mentally because you had to get up and go and get yourself in the right mindset to train every day, just like you're going to do in the regular season and it turned out to be very successful because our athletes have done very well with those programs so 
a four-day split and all this stuff. And, I'm, you know, I, I feel for the strength coaches that have to, you know, cram everything into that time frame because it, it handicaps them and may compromise some of the quality. But, you know, the, the top programs you're aware of are also filled with the top athletes. But if everybody's playing with the same rules, it can be very difficult to get all the elements of training in you need in that short amount of time. All right. Well, we uh, we have a lot we could talk about here for a long time, and I think we'll probably revisit this topic. But uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, feedback, please uh, hit us up. Coach Bob King is on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, but really on TikTok. So go to find Coach Bob King. We're posting clips from these podcasts there and responding to questions. So if you have any questions, and I'm I'll be on TikTok. I'm short snap on there and then deep snap on YouTube and Instagram. But I do more of my own style, little stuff, uh, travel photography, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But visit kingsportstraining.com for workouts, and we'll talk to you next time.